It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there for help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and you are indeed locked on magic today is january 3rd 2019 my name is philip ross i'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com and of course follow me on twitter at philip rr underscore omd on today's episode of locked on magic we're going to talk all about the magic's big win over the chicago bulls uh, another nice blowout victory against a team that you expect to blow out clinical performance one of the best uh, overall performances honestly the magic have had all year uh, something that you can definitely be very happy about with the direction the team is headed right right now. They've won three of their last four games. So we'll talk about that, what went down. And then we'll talk a little bit about Mo Bamba and his progress as he had a really nice game in this one and, and really showed why the Magic are so high on him. So definitely a lot to get to there. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just like there's a podcast covering the this Magic team with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every team in the NBA with the same level of detail. Getting ready for the Magic's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves? Find out what happened when they lost to the Boston Celtics on Locked On Wolves. Want the national perspective? You can find that on Locked On NBA, as well as the fantasy perspective on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. There's a Locked On podcast again for every single team in the NBA, plus NFL. NFL playoffs start this weekend. Should be a good time. MLB and colleges as well. You can check them out all out on iTunes just by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. About two weeks ago, the Orlando Magic went to Chicago, and, and the Magic were... In a good frame of mind, I would say. They just lost a nasty game to the San Antonio Spurs, so you expected them to come out firing and ready and focused to beat a team that was without some key players, and frankly, sorry Chicago, one of the worst teams in the league. You expected the Magic to kind of take care of business, get the get the ship on straight. But that's not what happened. 
Uh, a fast start by the Magic quickly dissipated. Laurie Markkinen went off for 32 points, I believe. And the Magic ended up losing 90-80. It is one of the worst losses of the season for the Magic and one that, at the time, did send fans into a little bit of a panic. Um, you know, as, as I've told everyone, 500 teams do this. They disappoint you in a lot of ways. So the Magic, again, coming off a big blowout loss to the Charlotte Hornets, arrived in Chicago for their first game of the 2019 calendar year with some of these thoughts in mind. Not only did the Magic on Wednesday night flip that script and make good on what they weren't able to do the first time, they flat out dominated the Chicago Bulls. They made the Bulls pay for whatever transgression they wanted to make them pay for. Or, you know, honestly, more more likely, yeah, the Magic probably had a little bit more focus to to make good on that previous loss. But more likely, the Magic just played good basketball. They took care of their business and dominated the game from start to finish. Orlando led by as much as 30 points in this one, leading from start to finish, even giving up more points in the paint, but still dominating the Bulls in almost every way. A 112-84 to victory for the Orlando Magic, where the Magic shot... 57.9% from the floor. 11 for 26 from beyond the arc. And yeah, got to the line more than the Bulls did. 13 for 18 from the foul line. They had a 41-32 rebound advantage. Bulls missed a lot of shots. 31 assists on 44 field goal makes. And just nine players in double figures. Pretty much every Magic player of consequence scored at least 10 points. But it wasn't just about the offense. The Magic's offense was great. There's a lot of ball movement. They learned their lesson from their previous matchups with the Bulls where they tried trapping and switching a lot. They kept the ball moving very quickly. They got open looks. And yeah, they hit some tough shots along the way. There was a lot of confidence in the way they were playing. But a lot of that confidence was borne out because of the defense they played. Chicago shoots only 41.9% from the floor. Laurie Markkinen, who had 30 points in the, in the last meeting, scored only 14 They were 7 for 20 from beyond the arc. And yeah, Chicago only took 8 free throw attempts the entire game. That is magic-like. 18 assists on 36 field goal makes. The Magic made the Bulls' lives hard in almost every conceivable fashion. They made the Bulls look like, sorry to say this, the Bulls, one of the worst teams in the league. And as I said yesterday, the Bulls are the kind of team where you can make mistakes and still win the game. The Magic didn't make very many mistakes. There were a spat of turnovers. They had five turnovers in the second quarter, but even then, they led by, I think it was 15 at the half. They led by 17 at the half, excuse me. Orlando took care of business. The kind of professional, uh, this dominating win you expect a playoff team to have, and yeah, I am saying it because we are near the midpoint of the season and that part isn't changing, folks. Uh, I, I really hate to tell you this. That part is not changing. Orlando remains a half game behind the Detroit Pistons for the final playoff spot. And it's really a virtual three-way tie between uh, the Pistons, the Nets, and the Magic. And shoot, you could throw the Hornets in there for seventh that's separated by one game. The Heat, only a game and a half. Uh, the, the fight for six through eight in the Eastern Conference playoffs is going to be a war. It's going to be a battle. So get ready, get ready for it. I'm just telling you to get ready for it now. 
the Magic did what playoff teams are supposed to do with bad teams. They play their game. They take the lead and they step on on the opponent's throat. Third quarter, Orlando burned off the first 11 points of the quarter to take the lead from 17 to 28. Their defense was absolutely stifling. Nikola Vucevic blocking three shots and, and deflecting plenty of other plays. You know, I made I made this point early on in the game, and I made this point a few times. You can, and I think Steve, and Steve Clifford's kind of pointed us to this as well, as telling us, you know, the, you know, I, I try to listen to the coach when when they say, you know, this is what I'm actually looking at. And, you know, when they say stuff, I try to try to check check what they're saying. But the Magic just had a lot of deflections. They were they were getting in passing lanes. They were disrupting the flow of the offense and forcing tough shots. And that's all you can ask for from a defense. And and from there, Orlando was able to turn those into fast-break opportunities. They may not have gotten a lot of fast-break points, but they were getting out in transition and they were forcing the Bulls into those mismatches they wanted them to. Chicago's strategy has been to blitz and switch. That's that's how they've tried to play defense, and it's been moderately successful for them. But when they switched, Orlando wouldn't wait. They'd quickly dump the ball into Nikola Vucevic on Antonio Blakeney or... Uh, Justin Holiday or whoever it was. And Vucevic would make a quick move before the defense could react and react and double him and pressure him again. And it was those quick moves, those quick passes that got the Magic the open looks time and time and time again. Chicago looked lost. They were playing their defensive strategy and Orlando was beating it because they knew how to beat it. Their energy and their attention to detail were fantastic all game long. And that's how you blow a team out. Magic haven't had very many of these. I, I was jokingly saying to myself, when was the last time this happened? And, and then I realized Toronto a few games ago, about a week ago now. But regardless of, of that, regardless of any anything like that, the Magic just played a complete game from start to finish where they dominated every aspect of the game. Where the Bulls had no chance they made a little push to get it to 15 in the second quarter, but Clifford called a timeout. The Magic refocused and brought the lead back out. You know, it was the 17, but they brought they they didn't let up after halftime. There was no gap in anything, and so many players played so well. It was just again a dominant, complete performance where so many guys just did what you expect them to do. Didn't have to be spectacular against the Bulls, but the Magic were. This was the this was not just a case of the Bulls being a bad team. I'm sorry again for saying that. You are what your record says you are, as Dennis Green once said about the Chicago Bears, or about his Arizona Cardinals after playing the Chicago Bears. This was about the Magic executing and playing at an extremely high level to the point where Again, the Bulls just had no chance. They wouldn't let the Bulls up. And that's fantastic to see. It's a good thing to see from this group particularly, which has never really experienced playing like this and playing like this against a a bad opponent because, frankly, the Magic have always been the bad opponent. They haven't been able to victimize teams like this or feel like, you know, again, they, they can't just show up and beat anybody. They've proven that. But when they're dialed in, they can do this to a lot of teams. Not just teams like the Bulls. And of course, the next challenge is a little bit tougher. Because the Minnesota Timberwolves are not the Bulls. 
as much as Tom Thibodeau wants them to be. And that one will be a much sterner test for this team, especially Nikola Vucevic, Nikola Vucevic going up against Carl uh, Anthony Towns. But overall, Orlando dominated. 112-84, to making quick work of the Chicago Bulls and banking a win that, you know, you have to get if you want to ultimately achieve the goals the Magic want to achieve. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Um, first place to start, Aaron Gordon. 18 points, 9 assists, career high, 7 rebounds, 8 for 14 shooting. I mean, thirty. he played 37 minutes, which... I got the feeling in the fourth quarter, Gordon played a good chunk of the fourth quarter. I hate to say, I don't want to, I hate to say this because I don't agree with this. And I think there was a point like seven, six, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. I was like, why is Aaron Gordon still in this game? Why are any relevant players still in this game? I mean, why didn't Emil Jefferson get minutes in this game? That's, that's, that's my question, honestly. Uh, but Gordon was fantastic in almost every way. You know, didn't have his three-point shot going, but again, he just, you know, I, I think I, I, I've said this before. I've, I've written a lot about it. I've got another thing in the can that I want to write about Aaron Gordon. Um, but his scoring has been fairly consistent of late. I know a lot of people are a little disappointed, I think, that Gordon's averages are down this year. He's only averaging 15.3 points per game when he averaged 17.6 last year and had those 40-point games. But if you look at his performances since December 19th, so the last seven, the last uh, uh, eight games now, he scored fewer than 10 points just once. And that came in the win over the Raptors where he was really good, defensively especially. And he's stayed in that, you know, 12 to 14 range. So he's not, yeah, I mean, if you want to criticize him, yeah, he's not scoring enough. But it, I don't think it's because he's not searching for shots. I mean, he's not getting a ton of shots. I mean, he's like, you know, there's tens, there's six sevens in there. I mean, the Magic do need to get him more involved in the offense because he can score, he can shoot a lot more and score a lot more. But honestly, with the opportunities he's getting, he's making the most of them. He's not taking a lot of bad shots anymore. You know, you don't see him over-isolating or over-dribbling. You see him moving the ball and passing. I mean, he's the, the career-high nine assists to me means more than anything else Aaron Gordon did. Because on top of that, he had the main defensive assignment on Laurie Markkinen. 
Uh, and so he did a really good job on Mar- him and Isaac both did a really good job on marketing throughout the game. And so, you know, a game like this just shows how much better Gordon has gotten. And of course, we know he can be a lot better. That's that's really the scary thing about Aaron Gordon right now, is he's really good and playing a lot better and improving and in a really nice groove right now. He's playing fantastic. And he was fantastic in this game. But we know there's another level to his game that, that you know, we'll see if he can reach uh, either later this season or in the offseason. But a really strong game again from Aaron Gordon. I'd pick him to be my player of the game. I thought he did a really good job moving the ball, keeping things moving, which, again, it's not something we would have said about him last year. He would have stopped and froze and tried to isolate and do some of those things that, that, that I don't like seeing players do. Um, but he just was was all over the place offensively, had his hands all over the game on both ends of the floor, and that's really what the Magic want to see from Aaron Gordon, so a fantastic game from him. Nikola Vucevic, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks. You know, again, I, I, I say this far too much. Ho-hum game for Nikola Vucevic, you know. Dump the ball in the post, gets a good shot, gets a, gets a basket. I mean, performances like this, double-doubles obviously have been the norm for him for a while. But just efficient, strong performances on both ends, really, are normal. Like, 22 points, That's that feels like nothing for Nikola Vucevic right now. And, you know, uh, the way he's doing it is the way you want him doing it. Pick and rolls, um, you know, flaring out to the short corner, uh, trailing on threes occasionally. Um, you know, just everything with his game just feels very natural and within the flow. He's not forcing anything. He's not settling for jumpers like he might have used to. His defense is really on point. He's been, I mean, he's been by far the best. Him and Aaron Gordon have been the best two defenders on the team. And and again, you expect that from Aaron Gordon. You don't expect that from Nikola Vucevic. And, and it's just been something you count on that he will be good defensively. And, you know, yeah, Vucevic has his moments where he slips up a little bit. It happened in this game, this game uh, in the second quarter especially. Um, but overall, Vuce's defense has just been really on point. And it was on point again as he was just a fantastic all the way around. Evan Fournier, 13 points, 7 assists, 5 for 10 shooting. Under the radar because Aaron Gordon was so good. Uh, and, and Fournier ends up playing 30 minutes too. Um, but he was just hyper-efficient with a shot. Um, you know, Fournier's found a nice groove. And, and, and after starting the season struggling so much, he has really bounced back to form. Um, back to back to his mean. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of faith that he would do this eventually. Uh, and we're seeing him playing at the level that we're accustomed to seeing Evan Fournier playing at. And obviously, it's been a benefit to the Magic's offense as it's kind of bounced back a little bit. Um, you know, it's, I don't think it's all the way there, but it's certainly been pretty good. Uh, it, since, uh, since December 13th, Fournier, uh, at least entering the game, Fournier is averaging 14.7 points per game, shooting 37% from beyond the arc, 44.4% from the floor. So he still has a little bit of his struggles, but overall, it feels like Fournier is kind of getting back to the levels that were accustomed to him. Another really strong game from Evan Fournier, so a lot to be happy with there. DJ Augustin made his return from injury as well, was on limited minutes, didn't need to play him a whole lot. He still played 25 minutes. Uh, he scores 10 points, dishes out 6 assists, 4 for 7 shooting. Solid DJ Augustin game for him. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a lot more to say than that. Terrence Ross kind of off the schneid a little bit, has had a couple struggling shooting games. 15 points, 6 for 9 shooting, 3 for 4 from beyond the arc, 6 rebounds for him. And finally, we'll talk more about him in just a moment. Mo Bamba, 
10 points, 5 rebounds, 3 blocks, 4 for 7 shooting. A lot of it coming in garbage time, but still an, an impressive and encouraging showing for Mo Bamba. The Orlando Magic shoot 57.9% from the floor, 11 for 26 from beyond the arc. They out-rebound the Bulls 41-32, to hold the Bulls to 41.9% shooting, 35% from the floor. Zach Levine leads them in scoring with 16. Chris Dunn and Laurie Markkinen with 14. Antonio Blakeney, former uh, former Oak Ridge High School star, if I'm not mistaken, 11 points for him. The Orlando Magic, though, defeat the Chicago Bulls 112-84 to at the United Center. They are uh, now uh, just a half game out of the final playoff spot as we, again, get closer and closer to the midpoint of the season. Magic back in action Friday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It has been a rough rookie season for Mo Bamba. Depending on how you, what expectations you had for him, you're either extremely down on him and felt like in, in a loaded draft, the Magic could have found someone better, or flooding my mentions telling me, oh, the Magic should have traded up to get Luka, which, I mean, I'm sure if they could have put together a better package than, than the Mavericks did, they would have, but they couldn't, they didn't move on. No, uh, it, if you're like me and expected a slow go of Mobamba, I would say that I, I I have not been disappointed with Mo. Um, you know, I expected these struggles. I expected him to have these ups and downs. But I would also say I I, I will admit this. I, I've been a bit underwhelmed with him. His you know at the very least, I think we expected him to make an immediate impact defensively. We expected him to be able to help change the Magic's defense quickly because that's what he did at Texas. That's that's the potential that he has is, you know, the, the 7'10 wingspan, all, all that famous stuff that he has. That's what, that's the at least the immediate impact we expected from him, and he hasn't really delivered that. I'd say, honestly, his offensive game is, is further along than his defensive game. That, yeah, he's able to block some shots, but it's still, his defensive positioning and consistency still leaves a lot to be desired. So, there's still work to do, and, and we knew there would be, so it's not terribly surprising. So, when you see games like Wednesdays, when... 
when it's so clear what kind of impact his presence is having, you do stand up and take notice a bit. You do sit there and say, yeah, I can see what Mo Bamba will be. But the bigger question is, how do you get him to do that again? There's a stretch there in the fourth quarter of of the game on Wednesday where Shaquille Harrison was driving to the basket in transition. Mo Bamba is with him, a little bit behind, chases him down and, and blocks the shot emphatically. This comes a game after Mo Bamba literally reached, it looked like, two, three feet above the the rim to block a shot. One of, a, a really impressive block that kind of skated under the radar because it happened in the middle of a blowout that was not in the Magic's favor. And, and it left, you know, it, you could see after that block on Wednesday, just the confidence return to Mo Bamba. Shortly after Aaron Gordon hit Bamba on a on a dive down the down the down the paint after pick and roll for a two-handed jam. After that, there was a play where Bamba got the ball in the post and he quickly turned over his, his left shoulder for a hook shot and made it in one fluid motion. It was the play of a confident big man. It was the play of a a player who felt comfortable on the floor. Who felt like he could go out there and make plays. That wasn't overthinking things. It was just out there playing. And I think for Mo, that's been one of the big issues that he's faced. Is that there's a lot of new stuff being thrown at him. The center does a lot defensively. And playing in a new league, new speed, you know, new coverages, it's a lot for a rookie. And that's why you don't expect a lot from rookies. They're young players. They make mistakes. And Bamba's made plenty. Bamba Bamba made plenty in this game. Isaac is still essentially a rookie. He's making plenty of mistakes, despite how well he's played in a lot of ways. And so, watching Bamba play Wednesday, you saw that whole thinking process go away. And Bamba said something interesting after the game. Bamba said to, to the media after the game, that the players have been urging him, go out there and block shots. Have the freedom to go chase down a player. We'll cover for you. And having that much trust in a young player and, and giving that a young player like that that much freedom is extremely empowering to Bamba, of course. But is a big ask from any team 
because you have to you have to trust a guy to, to make the right decisions. But at this point, it's just about Bamba playing freely. It's just about Bamba playing to the most of his talent and his ability. You want to keep him within the rules, obviously, especially in pick and roll coverages. But when that instinct takes over to go block a shot, to go search a shot to block, as long as you're not swinging wildly and committing a ton of fouls, which Bamba's had those games too, as long as you're not doing anything like that, that's what will make Mo Bamba really good. You know, right now, as a rookie, you're in the stage of building habits, of understanding and anticipating what comes next. Because the NBA is, is, is the best league in the world, but these are all players of habit. They will, they will fall into the same traps and tropes. And if you study them enough, you'll be able to anticipate what's going to come. It's a game of rhythm. And you got to find a way to disrupt that rhythm as a defender. And so having a player like Mo Bamba just roaming the paint, swatting shots when, when the time calls for it, and trusting him to know when to do that is a huge step. It's a humongous step. Wednesday's game was probably one of the best games of Mo Bamba's career. Certainly uh, in the last stretch of games. One of the better games we've seen from him. And yeah, a lot of it came in the fourth quarter with the game already decided. So add that caveat to it. But seeing him just play with joy again was a fantastic sight to see for this team. Because it has been a tough year. You know, this year he's only scored 10 or more points seven times in 30 plus games. He had a plus 10, plus minus in this game, which again, not the biggest stat in the world, but it was just the 11th time this season Bombas had a positive plus minus. For the year, he's averaging 6.4 points, 4.9 rebounds, and 1.4 blocks per game and 16.7 minutes per game. So his minutes are limited. But the Magic have a minus 16.3 net rating when he's on the floor. He's on the floor mostly with bench units, which explains some of it, but even that number is really bad, is the worst among that bench unit. He's got the worst net rating among Magic rotation players and one of the very worst net ratings among players who've played regular minutes in the entire league. Orlando overall has a 92.8 offensive rating with Bamba on the floor. Again, that's not all on him. But yeah, he's got some shortcomings he's got to get over. He's got to overcome. You know, he's, as I think the Magic expected, physically he's not quite ready for the NBA, or to be an NBA center at least. He still gets pushed around. He tries to establish position on the block, he gets knocked off a spot. Defensively, he is sometimes just straight out shoved and moved out of the way. He's lost rebounds because guys were able to physically move him out of the way without fouling. And this is all stuff Bomb was going to have to work on throughout the rest of the season when he can, and certainly in the offseason to continue gaining strength. As Clifford said, and I agree with Clifford on this, it's about seeing Bomba become a better player in March than he is in November. To start off January, though, he had a really good game. Instead of favoring his jumper and, and popping to avoid contact, Bomba rolled down the lane, was willing to take those hits. 
was willing to finish around the basket, was willing to fight and scrap for boards. And that's all a positive sign. That is a sign that Bamba's getting it. That the team is putting a little more trust in him and letting him play a little bit more his game. Again, that's a sign of growth and development. It's a sign the Magic are getting what they need and want from Mo Bamba. Still going to come in fits and starts. It's not going to be a straight line. And, you know, Bamba likely isn't going to be ready to start games next year. It's going to take some time. But Wednesday night showed what he can be when he does get there. Now it's just about continuing to let him have that independence and have that ability to play his game and play it naturally. Of course, within the system the Magic have. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.